In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talked with Rob Greenlee, the VP and Head of Partnerships at foxnest.com and spreaker.com. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 11. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the podcast that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pulaski. I'm here today with Rob Greenlee, the VP and Head of Partnerships at VoxNest.com and Spreaker.com. Rob is a former EVP slash CTO at PodcastOne.com and the, co- and the former Content and Business Manager at Podcast slash TV at Microsoft Live, Xbox Live, and Zoom. So hey, Rob, how are you doing today? It's great to be here, Charles. Thanks for the um, the invitation to come in and join you on your show. Yeah, great to have you. Yeah. So I want to talk to you a bit about today. But um, I know you have a lot of background in podcasting, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about uh, some podcasting and how that kind of fit into the business plan of an e-commerce retailer, and you know how that would help them out and how that could benefit in the in the land of e-commerce. Well, I think that there's a couple ways of looking at it. I I, I think. Um, Really, any kind of e-commerce business can can have some level of benefit from having a podcast that supports their products and services. There's a couple of different ways you can look at it. You can look at it from a, almost like a customer support um, kind of show to a show talking and featuring um, various products or services that are offered on your your you know in your business um, to to build kind of it's almost like a testimonials type of um, type of basis um and so there's a variety of ways and if you're a podcaster you know there's also ways that you can tap into e-commerce too for around you know running advertising in your show just you know really go sign up for an affiliate program and do like host reads and i don't you know you may not be familiar with you know with what a host read is but but a host read is basically a testimonial around a a, a product or service that that you the podcaster maybe get a a commission on on the sale and especially for new podcasters if your goal is to run advertising in your show um getting getting an affiliate program at like uh, a place like Commission Junctions, uh, it's actually at cj.com, it's a great place to go. Find a product or service that you're a fan of uh, or become a fan of one of them and um, start mentioning that product and that service in your podcast and get your audience used to you doing that. And also it hones your skill in being able to promote um, a, 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 uh, a product or service on your podcast because it may be if it's your goal, if it's your monetization model, you need to get in the groove of doing it because a lot of advertisers look for that in in the show before they'll run an advertisement. In it. So it's the it's the chicken or the egg kind of thing. You have to have it in there before sometimes they'll they'll run an ad campaign. Um, so getting started early is a pretty good idea. But I think from a from an e-commerce site perspective, I I think really like I was saying earlier, just focusing on. Um, some aspect of your business that can make a, a, a an emotional connection or a uh, a value connection with your customer and building that that value relationship and uh, back and forth conversation too. So, kind of as general topic, would you say you know e-commerce? <clears throat> I'm always a big fan of people working on kind of a niche that type of thing, specific industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you're saying. You know, it would benefit to start a podcast in that kind of uh, whatever that industry specific niche is, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. No, no, I think and in most, I mean, most kind of, uh, you know, business areas could, could benefit from that customer communications. And, and I think that's, that's how you need to look at it is I think you need to look at it from a way that you can have customer communications, but it's, it needs to be authentic. It needs to be real. It needs to be believable. It needs to have all the elements of a, of a, uh, a good podcast, which is, it's got to have some, some aspect of, you know, driving some emotion, driving some, you know, connection, um, being authentic, being real about what you're talking about. Um, and it builds loyalty with the audience. What you're doing is you're, you're, you're building customers slash friendships hmm. and trust relationships. And, and that's, that's the power of podcasting. And if you tap into it in an authentic way, uh, it can really benefit and drive your business forward. Okay. So yeah, I've definitely learned, um, you know, doing this, people get to kind of see you, hear you and see you're, uh, you know, a real person. And there's something, uh, you know, there's actually someone on the other yeah. end. Cause, um, a lot of times when we're running an yep. online business, people don't realize that, uh, they're actually dealing with people on the other side. Yeah, exactly. And, and people aren't perfect and yep. things happen, you know, services, especially, you know, online services, sometimes things break down. Sometimes things don't work the way they're supposed to. And to have that kind of human connection kind of can soften those customers' responses to those <laughs> those bumps in the road. Hmm, okay. So yeah. as kind of formats of podcasting, what are some things that you've seen people successfully start? Um, obviously, there's like a interview show like we're doing here. Um, yeah. You know, the we're kind of in e-commerce. We talk with a lot of folks yeah. around the e-commerce. But let's say you have an e-commerce site. Um, you're in the outdoors niche. Would you kind of say, you know, what would be some different roads you would go down of the format of the show? Yeah, I think uh, really it's whatever you want. Um, I don't think there's any perfect format for a podcast. I think what it needs to do is it needs to fit in with your brand. It needs to fit in with your goals. It needs to be compatible with the products or services that you have. Now, a, a conversational show show like this can be a, be a great format. Um, but also a show that maybe gets out in the field and talks to customers in their place of business. Maybe it's, um, getting, getting, um, getting more of a feedback driven show that your customers are driving the actual content of the program. Um, and, and you're addressing their, their key issues or their, their key um, kind of comprehension of how your products and services work. So I think it's a it can be a combination of a lot of different things that you can use a podcast for. But at the end of the day, the personalities ideally need to be fun and have some energy to them and and be able to to connect at a really personal level. And I think that's that's really the core to any podcasting. And that's what's really different from uh, radio to on demand um, audio podcasting is that personal connection if you think about it that listener has got earphones in their ear and they're they're they have millions of choices out there or hundreds of thousands of choices might be more accurate of things that they can listen to why would they listen to you and and how are you going to connect with that audience uh you know most businesses have their own community around them else they wouldn't exist as a business so it's using your communication methods that you have to make that extra connection with them and i think that's that can be leverage. It takes some work. It's not going to be always easy. It's going to be a little frustrating at times. It's going to start out slow. And you're going to build it over time, just like how you had to do with your business. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, too. If you've been in business for a while, it, um, you know, you're targeting a certain niche most likely. And mm -hmm. um, 
I've actually never seen that idea of talking directly to the customers. That's a great one. It, um, you know, you basically are able to generate content um, organically, where it's not something yeah, you're going from out them. And, so you're yeah. you're actually speaking to them and what their concerns are. And and typically, if you have one customer that has one issue, you probably have a hundred of them, but they didn't ever reach out to you about it. Yeah. So you know, they may go somewhere else. They may go to your competitors. Um, but at least you've given a format. It's almost like an audio frequently asked questions is kind of, it's similar analogy. Um, but, but yet at the same time, maybe profile some of your customers at some point and how they're using your products to solve their problems and, and make it a little bit of a storytelling experience too, which is really tapping into kind of like a big trend in the podcasting space right now is around reality and fictional storytelling. Um, there's a lot of successful podcasts that are doing this. It, it takes quite a bit of production time because what you would have to do is you'd have to go out and do these conversations with your customers and then fold in kind of a story behind them. It's almost like you become a little bit like a journalist almost hmm. where you're telling, well, telling a story of those customers and how they're using your products to solve their problems. Well, give me an example of something like that. <clears throat> well, um, there's not, and that's part of it. There's not a lot of examples of, of people doing this yet. Because most of that storytelling stuff is has been really focused on, you know, kind of dramas and fictional stuff, and I I see it as a kind of a, a you know, an extension of that, and I just don't see a lot of it being done yet. But I think it's it's one thing that you can do. I know like uh, some big corporations are doing um, kind of fictional storytelling, like dramas and things like that, and they're they're calling them a branded podcast, so they're they're doing like a General Electric did a uh, podcast series, and it was basically a radio drama. Essentially, is what it is. So, so it's like the old days of of, um, of theater of the mind kind of radio, where you have storytelling, you have like Foley effects, you have sound effects that kind of go along with that. I'm not saying you have to go to that degree, um, but that's kind of the extreme example. Um, but what, what I'm really talking about here is kind of getting in the the mind of your customer or it depends on what your business is, if you can actually do this or not. Um, and then kind of share those stories in your podcast and build build that community around. Um, it's it's very similar to the concept of a white paper, uh, where you just draw out an example of how your products are being used to serve a particular um, need for a customer. And just lay out that example. And people can learn from that and maybe replicate that, especially if you found a really successful example. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, I've never. Um, I don't see many people doing that nowadays. Uh, days. Obviously, the um, no. the first big kind of show was uh, what was it? Serial was a big podcast yeah. everyone came out with. Um, but that's yeah, that's I, a reality storytelling. So it is similar in concept. It's just that was focused on more of a, a crime, uh, you know, and that's typically what you see what's being used for right now. Um, but but so you're but saying I think use the opportunity is there. Yeah, use that for business and kind of tweak that same format um, and tell a story of, I'm thinking yeah. of an example, someone using products, someone getting out there in the field and actually you know showing them. Um, yeah. And then also this video. I don't know if you have anyone doing yeah. that. or. Well, no, I think it's, I mean, if, if what you're needing to show your customer is a very visual experience, I think video is terrific. I mean, do a combination of the audio and the video. Uh, is is powerful, not like what you're doing with this program. So, I think it. You know, there are people out there that are visually oriented. They like to watch video, 
And then there's people out there that like to listen to audio and you're tapping into both of those experiences. And then there's other people that like to just read. So, um, so if you're doing all three of those, you're basically tapping into the core experiences that the a large amount of people uh, are willing to experience around their content. Yeah. What I've kind of found is, um, videos are shareable in certain places versus audio is consumable in other places. Um, yeah. you know, on the, way to, on the way to work, you know, on your commute, you're not going to be li- watching a video, um, or else you shouldn't be, but well, you same- know, that could be changing as we have yeah. these autonomous self-driving cars that are coming in the next five to 10 years. It's, uh, you know, people may be doing, doing all sorts of stuff in the car. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, in the thought there too, right. Is if you're capturing audio, capturing video and you have yeah. it, um, you know, five years from now, two years from now, you still have that content that you produced and maybe you yeah. repurpose the video later on. Um, and maybe that actually gets um, to be something that could be consumed on a phone a little more uh, mm-hmm. accessibly. Because going back even five years ago, you, you weren't really watching video on your phone. Nowadays, it's, you know, common. Yeah, it, no, it is. And and uh, you can also do live. You know, the company mm-hmm. I, I work for, Spreaker, we combine uh, live audio with, um, podcasting. So you do a live show. Um, you get that audience engagement. They're they're posting questions while you're doing the show, and then once the show's over, it posts as an on-demand program, which is where most of the consumption is. But that gets back to you know th- that customer connection and that conversation and that connection and is is really the power behind this. And you can tap into a small group of your audience that engages at a much deeper level and contributes to the program and um, builds that content for you. Um, I do it, I don't know, with the show that I do for Spreaker. I, it's called the Spreaker Live Show. And what we talk about is trends in the industry and how to best use Spreaker. And uh, the show is an example on how to use Spreaker. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. And the, um, who came up with that? Uh, Gary V. The, um, what was this thing? To Gary Vaynerchuk? Gary Vaynerchuk, yep. Um, yeah. to, document, to document, don't create. Was that his kind of? Mm-hmm. Where instead of going out there and trying to just build content, um, you, using that sort of concept, you're basically taking your Q&A that you're probably doing anyway, recording yeah. it, capturing it, and then redistributing it. So you're not going out there and doing pretty much any extra work. You're just taking yeah. what you're doing today and mm-hmm. building upon that. Um, well, that's a great one. If you can actually you yeah. know, get enough customers at the same time in the same, at the same um, place on a call, where yeah. you can basically have questions kind of fired off. Well, I mean, it's not unlike what, what a lot of companies do around a webinar or something like that. I That's mean, exactly, it's, yeah. It's, it's similar to that, but you know, you, you need to think about this as, this is like, a, like an interactive radio show. You don't necessarily think of it as a webinar. Think of it as a you know, highly program. Maybe it's a little bit more organic. It's a little more natural, free-flowing. It's, it's not going to be done with a, you know, a slide deck or something like that. It's going to be a real in the field kind of, uh, it can be out of the studio. It doesn't have to be in a professional type recording studio. It can be out in the field. I mean, you know, that microphone that you're using right there, that ATR 2100 can be used with Spreaker software um, on a mobile phone. Hmm. Uh, it can be used on a, on a tablet computer to, to record audio. So it's very portable. Um, and, 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 the Spreaker Studio software is free, so you can record up to four ATR 2100s going directly into your computer. Uh, you don't need a mixer or anything like that. So 
portable recording is is an option too that gets you into your customer's world and create that conversation too. And you can do it live from there too. Yeah, I've noticed from creating this little uh, podcast studio, the whole kind of um, cost and work involved with it has come you know way down in the past few years. Where yeah, you know yeah. before this would be a you know the setup we have here with lights and cameras and mics would be astronomical versus now you can do yep. a relatively short money you can kind of get going um yep. and even the video quality coming out of a iphone nowadays is amazing um it is yeah when the audio quality is amazing too the audio so, yeah I mean, yeah i mean it's 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 getting easier and easier to um to make this content and who knows maybe you know these amazon echo type devices could be our future microphones i mean and our, our future platform for having conversations with our audience, too. You think about these devices as being communications devices, uh, two-way communications devices. And they, you know, who knows what the future could, could hold when it comes to using these smart agents to produce a podcast and publish a podcast. Or, you know, it's going to get easier and easier, I think, to, to do this stuff. And it's really exciting because I've been here since it all started. I started podcasting in 2004. Wow. And back then it was really geeky. I, yeah. mean, I had to hand hand code my RSS feed. Wow. Um, now it's it's quite different. I mean, back in those days, streaming was the big thing, and and now you know it appears that streaming is kind of coming back, but the download is still strong. People like to capture that media file um, and be able to play it back anywhere they are and not have to worry about an internet connection. So download is still king in podcasting, even though there's a lot of people that would like it to not be so prominent because it's easier to get metrics out of streams than it is out of downloads. So. Yep. Yeah, I can imagine. It's definitely, uh, there's not, yeah. not very good metrics out there right now on podcasts. And that is one thing that uh, I know. It's getting better though. It's it, getting yeah. better pretty quickly. The IAB, the, the Interactive Advertising Bureau has been working the last two years to come up with um, podcast advertising metrics um, to be able to properly track and count um, downloads and plays off of um, off of the server. You know, there's a lot of filtering that needs to go on because there's a lot of duplicate requests that come in from servers requesting these media files, and they can be they can be miscounted very easily unless it's un- understood how that works. Yeah, and the IAB, for people who don't know, kind of is guidelines for uh, advertising, different ad formats, that sort of thing. They come up mm-hmm. with a standard mm-hmm. uh, ad units, um, that you, kinda, you know, banner, um, all that sort of thing. And yep. the nice part about that is if you look at, you know, what a view is on Facebook versus YouTube versus iTunes, um, everyone counts something different as a view. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, you know... Well, it, it depends on, you know, I mean, how long does a person listen to or watch yes. something before it's counted is the big criteria, yep. right? And and how, you you know, is that a unique one? And when, so how long after you've started to play something, you pause it and you come back to it, is that counted as an additional play or is that counted as a continuation of the first play? Yep. So you get these, those are the kind of the it's like an accordion of, of metrics, right? Everybody tracks it at a different point, And that's why you see a lot of differences. And, and the, the counts Apple for every request that Apple makes of a podcast episode, they, they ping the server three times. Hmm. So unless you're filtering out the other two, you're, you're basically counting one episode three times. So, you know, these are, these are kind of structural things in the back end. Listeners shouldn't have to worry about this stuff. And yep. And uh, it's it's just going to disappear into the fabric of 
of the technology, just kind of like what RSS, RSS is starting to disappear as well as being important to the listener. Uh, for many years, people were cut and pasting RSS feeds around and, and that wasn't very, very easy or fun for listeners to have to do that kind of stuff. And that stuff's kind of disappearing now and it's becoming, these platforms are becoming smarter and how they utilize source data like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something, uh, you know, in launching this, I found that you don't need to get into some of those details anymore. They just kind of, kind of just work, um, which is great. I mean, you still, as a podcaster, you still have to, to submit to iTunes, you still have yeah. to submit to tune in and you have to cut and paste stuff around. Um, but what I've been working on at, at Spreaker and VoxNest is trying to automate that stuff and right? trying to make those connections with those platforms. It's where the podcaster just clicks a button. Uh, it's the same thing that we did with iHeartRadio as well was just kind of build a data connection between our platform and iHeartRadio, and then the podcaster just clicks a button in their publishing platform, in their back-end publishing, and it automatically just goes over there. Um, as, so, as far as publishing yeah. to iTunes, you mentioned iTunes, and what was the other one? Uh, Stitcher and iHeartRadio and TuneIn, and there's a bunch of them out there. Yeah. As far as kind of promoting and kind of the next step, so let's say someone goes out there and they launch a podcast and – you know, put it on iTunes and no, mm -hmm. you know, day one, there's not much movement. What kind of things would you recommend to kind of get folks going? Well, I think that I think you have to really get back and understand what the foundations of podcasting are um, and, and how audience finds content. I, I, I think once you kind of have a better understanding of that, I, I think it's easier to just kind of deploy appropriately mm -hmm. and, and how people find podcasts. It's a word of mouth sharing uh, platform, um, a media consumption platform. It's people, uh, recommend you to others. Uh, there's also a lot of kind of, um, keyword based discovery that happens in this as well. Places like Google or Bing or whatever around keywords that are important to a listener that wants to learn something more about a particular subject. Uh, or, or if they heard about it on a, on a, on another media uh, source out there, television, radio, um, print, uh, on a blog or off of a news story, an online news story. So if you think about how people discover this, then, then it helps you kind of um, formulate a strategy to reach them. Uh, and then there's also, um, closed in, um, communities around whatever you're doing, whether it's your personal brand or if it's your, your, uh, your company's customer base. Those are all potential listeners of any show that you produce and inspiring that word of mouth sharing and, and making it easy for people to, to uh, discover you and know that you're on certain listening platforms. So those are important um, fundamentals, right? But one of the things that longtime podcasters will tell you is you got to get out in the real world. You have to get, you have to shake hands. You have to engage with your community in all the ways that are possible. It's not always easy to do, and a lot of podcasters have done this over extended periods of time where they'll actually go to events. They'll, they'll be sure that they talk about their podcast and any panels or any sessions or any kind of content-related uh, or community-building activities that they do at, at events. And let people know that you're doing a show to support their industry and get them connected and making, you know, maybe have them on as a guest now and then to connect with the broader a, a broader community. Uh, and so those are just kind of key things, but just always keep in the back of your mind that podcasting is a very personal medium. 
And it's word of mouth is what's driven this industry forward. And that's one of the reasons it doesn't, the podcast industry is not growing really fast as far as listeners or um, content creation necessarily. It's because um, word of mouth sharing is relatively slow. It's not, it's not as viral as I think we'd all like it to be um, because it's very much driven by authenticity and, um, and trust. Um, so those are not easy things to build in people. So it takes time. Yeah. Podcast is one of those things. I feel like it's been around now for 14 years. For, okay. 14 years. <laughs> you know the exact number. <laughs> um, yeah. and just recently you start seeing, you know, um, Oprah came out with the show, Adam Carolla. It's starting to come with the mainstream where, you know, people yeah. that aren't into hacking this whole kind of scene, um, all of a sudden start seeing it as, oh, it's this app on my phone. And all of a sudden, it's this new group of people, I feel like, coming onto it mm-hmm. that the interests aren't so um, geeky, I guess, basically, where, yeah. you know, you'll listen to Oprah instead of, you know, um, what's from years ago, This Week in Tech. Um, yeah. Show has been around That's forever, true. right? That's true. I think that the the demographics of the listener base and the content creation side has definitely expanded. Uh, we're, you know, if you look at the... the the studies that are showing who's listening to podcasts, it's, it's getting very close to be a, a mirror reflection of the demographics of the population, um, which means that this, this medium is reaching pretty much everyone now at, at almost equal proportions to who's alive. Yep. Um, so, so the industry has moved in the right direction. It's been very good around content. We've, we've gone into genres. We've, we've created new, um, new kind of outreach based on content into, you know, all sorts of ethnic communities. Um, women are big into podcasting now. I think they're going to be the dominant force in podcasting. You're already seeing that trend line. Guys are just not as good at communicating. <laughs> so <laughs> women are, are kicking ass in podcasting. And, and I think that that will continue to, to do because they're also very social. They typically do, do really well in building communities and that's those are fundamental to the, the power of this medium, and it's also a reflection of, of of where how far we've come. Because when this medium started, like you said, it was this week in tech, or it was yep. a show like I did in the early days called the the Web Talk World Radio Show, which was a technology show. It was all that's about really web where and, it was web yeah, and technology. Exactly. It was you know the geeks talking to geeks, basically. Um, exactly, and a lot of uh, a lot of white guys like me, you know, yeah, that, that were geeks, um, tech tech guys that got into this medium because they, they knew how to, to manage the technology side of this. And now the technology side is being kind of pulled out of the mix uh, more and more. And yeah, it feels like in the last few, last yeah. couple of years, very quickly, I remember yeah. being at a party within a year or two ago and somebody mentioning um, cereal and yeah. saying like, I can't believe this person's even talking about podcasting right now. Like, you know, I looked it up yeah. and I realized, wow, this other stuff like tech just isn't, you know, before it was tech and then nothing else. And now it's, very different all of a sudden. And this is very recent, this change. And it feels like yeah. we're kind of at the tip of this, like this thing happening right now. Um, the beginning of yeah, 2018. It, yeah. I think it that, that shift that you're talking about really started in about, uh, 2008, 2009. Hmm. Uh, it was when the, the, the comedians got involved. Um, yep. like Adam Carolla sort of thing. Or? Yeah, exactly. Like 2008, 2009 is when Adam started. And he, he created this kind of, kind of this wave of, of comedians coming into this medium and that, that opened it up to a much broader demographic 
that was interested in listening to podcasts. And so what's happened from there is that, um, you know, Hollywood's gotten more involved. Uh, there's, there's TV shows starting to be made from podcasts now. Uh, so, so you're starting to be a cross medium, uh, medium. Mm. I mean, I hate to be, be meta about it, but podcasting are now driving the content more and more on what's happening in television and what's happening in, in, um, other, other mediums and video and, and stuff like that. So there's a fundamental kind of change that's happening right now, um, being driven by the creativity of, uh, audio podcasts that are permeating across many other media types. Yeah, it definitely seems like one of the new things happening, right? Um, you know, people getting out there trying to start a, a blog in 2018 might be a yeah. little little bit behind versus podcasting. It still feels like if you have a, a niche site and you're going out there and you're starting and you could be one of, you know, two or three people doing it. So by default, you're just yeah. at the top of the list. Um, day one yeah. versus if you're going yeah. out starting a blog on, you know, hiking equipment is a yeah. hundred of them right before it. There's thousands of them. So you're not going to yeah. shop. Um, you're not going to rank very highly, but if you're starting a blog yeah. about hiking, a, a podcast about hiking equipment today, you might, mm -hmm. you could be one of like two. Um, yeah. So, yeah. and as podcasting gets bigger, you know, it's going to raise all ships and um, yeah. that would be your ship as well. So I like that. It definitely yeah. feels like now's the time. Yeah. And then also we've seen a decline in the interest around social media too. Yeah. So, cause that was one of the things that really kind of uh, suppressed the, the growth of podcasting uh, back in 2007 to 2008 was the growth of Facebook and Twitter. Hmm. Um, there was so much focus on that uh, in the media and getting hyped around the future of these platforms. People were driving a lot of content to these things. And podcasting was kind of a little bit got left on the side. Uh, it didn't get that focus because um, social media was dominating the conversation. Now we've seen kind of social media get a little bit of a black eye because of all the things that have been happening. It's it's not seen as a as safe of a medium as it used to be. Hmm. Um, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it feels like in some ways. I, I think Facebook just for the first time this past month uh, or two has saw a decline in users. So. Yep. So you're starting to see kind of um, social media is kind of plateaued and podcasting is kind of stepping forward now and saying, well, we're a safer medium. We're a medium that's more diverse. Uh, people can can do different things here and it's just a safer medium and people are starting to make money from it. Um, and so now it's it's cool now to be involved in podcasting where before it was eh, not as cool. So you heard it at first. Now's the time to get in podcasting. It's uh, yeah. it's happening. Yeah. So then yep. let's say someone is getting into it today. First, you know, just starting, they have some niche e-commerce business. They want to produce a podcast. What are some things, and I always kind of go this way as well. What are some things you'd recommend not doing? Um, you know, obviously it's best practice, but what are some things you mentioned before? Um, you know, make sure from the beginning you place locations for ads in the show. Um, what are some things like that, that, you know, could be pitfalls that, you want to kind of yeah. look at ahead of time. Well, I think that the big thing is, is that one of the things that a lot of people fall into when they start a podcast is not being really clear on where the content's coming from and not understanding how to gather that. Um, cause you know, another thing like, you know, that I like to say out there about podcasting is that it's a marathon run. It's not yeah. a sprint. A lot of people look at there, there are shows. I mean, you look at serial, the, they're definitely an example of a certain kind of content in the podcasting space. 
but they tend to be highly produced uh, programs that, that take a lot of uh, pre, pre-production and post-production to get published. And they tend to think about um, topics as a series, right? So yep. you... Well, they, that, that team was also very experienced, right? That wasn't their first... They didn't just Yeah, that wasn't their first that. rodeo. Yeah, right? that was yeah. not their first time doing that. They, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, and it yeah. was also... They had a team of like seven or eight people, too. Yeah. Most podcasters don't have a team of seven or eight people to help them with their show. So you need to think about those aspects, too. You know, Don't just look at like a serial and say, well, I'm going to do that. Because really, you're probably not going to be able to do that. And that's so what you need to do is think about what you can do. And, and don't, um, you don't have to do it perfect to begin with, too. And I think that's, that's another key takeaway, too. Do it in a way that's sustainable for you. Because... You have to fit it into your life. You have to fit it into your work life, or you have to fit it into your job. Um, you know, most podcasters when they start, it's not a full time job for them. So yeah. they're they're trying to juggle a lot of things in their lives. So you need to think about how you can streamline the gathering of content and and be able to. Are you strong enough as a host of a particular topic to be able to carry a show through week after week after week of production? Um, like I've been doing the Spreaker Live show now for about two and a half years, and it's like just about every week. Is that a weekly? Get behind the mic. Yeah, yeah, it's a weekly show. It's done yep. live, uh, and then the other show that I do, the New Media Show, I've been doing that uh, for like six years. Hmm. Oh wow! Uh, every Saturday. So, you, so there's different approaches that you can take to this content too. You can do it very structured. You can create an outline, um, or you can just do it very much um, to show up and. Treat it like you met a friend at Starbucks. Yep. And as long as you have a common understanding of what your focus is, uh, and, and you have both of you, your co-hosts, and you have deep knowledge on whatever that topic is, uh, there's no reason why you can't have a conversation. And that's the key is it needs to be natural. It needs to be organic. It needs to be feeling like it's genuine and real. It's like making your audience a fly on the wall. Um, but you know, all the elements still apply. It needs to be engaging. It needs to be fun. It needs to be a value. Uh, and, 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 you know, certainly, um, building your reputation helps drive that connection to value too. So being an expert, being viewed as an expert, uh, being viewed as, but that takes time to, to build and you get that shared to you based on potentially doing an interview show like, like this. And you as a host get something out of it too. You get to learn from other people you get to build relationships with people out there whether they're your customers or they're other experts um, and that also um, grows and becomes something very important to your business or you personally uh, in the long run I know it was really helpful to me in my my work career to build the reputation as um, building a community well and I like what you said too it's about a it's a marathon not a sprint right um you know, planning yeah. <laughs> on this is going to be years, like actual years, um, and committing, okay, yeah. once a week for two, three, four, five years, um, and understanding that versus coming out there, you know, guns blazing and trying to do five in the first week, um, and then realize that's just yeah. not sustainable. Um, yeah, exactly. And you'll pep, there's a term to describe that, and it's called pod fading. And, <laughs> okay. And there's I another term. To describe another um, thing that happens too is um, um, pre-fade, which is a a, a uh, new podcaster that comes up with an idea, gets right up to the to the finish line, and can't pull the trigger. They can't. They, they just On actually can't. publishing. 
Yeah, or they'll they'll actually record a couple of episodes, but they'll never publish it because they're so scared, or they don't think it's good enough, or they don't think it's it's has enough value and it's going to be a failure. And hmm. they, it gets you get these psychological things that go on too with podcasters, um, you know, pre fade and pod fade, um, and then there's all, all these kind of terminologies out there. There's kind of, there's another term called podfasters, which is a uh, term for describing podcast listeners that listen at two or three times speed. Yep. Um, so, you know, and then, and then that presents other issues. I know um, podcasters that push back on that kind of stuff too, but you need to think about how you produce your show too. If you're a really fast talker, yep. um, it's at two or three speed, uh, you're going to sound like Minnie Mouse, but there, there is a certain amount of podcasters out there our podcast listeners, excuse me, um, that will listen to your show at a really high rate of speed. So, um, it's, you know, keep that in mind too. Hmm. Now let's say you are the person though, that is fra- kind of afraid to pull the trigger, um, recorded yeah. a couple shows or yeah. what would you recommend as kind of some tips to, you know, deal with those psychological issues, um, and how to kind of get past just, that? Yeah, I would just, I mean, I'm not saying that you need to write a business plan before you start a podcast, but just get a core idea of what you, what your goals are, what you want to accomplish with this. It can just be in your head. Maybe you write a note on a notepad, the, some key bullets of what you want to get out of your show and, and wor- what the content, what the content themes are, where you're going to get your content from, um, how regular you're going to publish your show, um, and and start formulating those things, and that that will that will take off a lot of stress because th- then you'll have some focus getting into it. Um, but just realize that you're going to change. You know, from episode one to episode six is not going to be the same show, and that's the that that's what I hope happens. Because when you start a podcast, you're not going to have much audience. Yep. It's, you know, you're just building your distribution. Maybe even do a promo episode. To get into your RSS feed, get it into iTunes, get it into all these listening platforms that require you to at least have one episode. Um, get it out, get it in there, and then do your first episode, um, your first full episode. Once you have your distribution, once the distribution, so you're not wasting an episode. Um, and then try and get as much connection with your community as you can to give them feedback to your show, whether it's personal or individual, or if it's in a comment that you want to talk about on the show, but it's really important that you, you get that feedback and you learn and you evolve and you improve and you um, change elements in your show very early. Um, so the concept of fail fast, really, yep. I mean, I was saying actually fail, but, but fail fast and then learn. And then each time you get better and better and better with your show, you're going to build more audience and then it's going to drive more value to you and more value to the listener as you improve. And that's kind of how to think about it. And just don't get too stressed out about that first episode. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a change for what people um, are used yeah. to with, you know, I find, I found this with software products, um, e-commerce business, that sort of thing. Yeah. You're not producing this completely done result on day one. Um, yeah. yeah. Kind of a lot. It seems the way people think about it is if you hired a contractor to come, you know, rebuild your kitchen, he comes, he builds a kitchen and then he's done. And then you, you know, enjoy it for the next however many years. But with kind of anything like this, it's more of this organic thing you're producing, and then mm-hmm. every week it's evolving. Um, so there's no, yep. there's no done. There's no, this is the right way, and this is the way you're going to be doing yep. it. Um, you're going to be evolving um, for the life of it, like you said. And you yep. know, if at week 100 you're doing the same thing you did with week one, 
you probably did something wrong. Um, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, you don't, you don't want to start off, you don't want to start off either wait till you start off to be perfect or do the same thing the whole time and not grow. You want yeah. to realize that it's going to change over time. And you know, however you start yeah. is not how it's going to end. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, exactly. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to change dramatically and quickly either necessarily. Yep. I mean, unless you're completely way off base from being able to sustain it. It's evolution. Um, yeah, you want to make slow changes too, yep. because as you build your audience, the audience gets used to things in your show. They get it's almost like an expectation. They they build on you know you're going to do this segment in your show at this point in the program, and over time they actually look forward to that. Yep. And it becomes something that they they connect with, and they they know will be there every every week. And people are are schedule driven. Um, and, and if you're publishing every week at the same time too, then they get into a habit of looking for you. And if you're not there, I've, I get this, if I'm late with my publisher, I do my show, I get an email saying, where's your show? You know, they know that Tuesday morning commute, they want to be driving to work, (laughs) listening and yeah, they want it there. Exactly. If it's not there, they get pissed off. Yeah. But but that's the, the. yeah, and that's why it's important to communicate with your audience, too. If you need to take a week off or you need to travel or something like that, it's cool. No problem. Just let them know. Yep. And I think that's that's the key. Okay. I like that. Yep. That's definitely uh, that's helpful. And hopefully, uh, you know, folks getting into it, those are some good takeaways for them. So Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah. yeah. So if folks kind of want to follow up, if they want to find you, learn more about what you're working on, um, where are some good places to do that? Yeah, I actually... It's Spend a lot of time on Twitter. So if you're a Twitter Twitter user, I, I post a lot in there. It's at uh, Rob Greenley, just at Rob Greenley, and that's with two E's. Uh, it's a great place. I talk a little about podcasting over there, and um, I share you know the shows that I do and other topics out there uh, um, that are coming up in the industry. Um, and then uh, you can certainly send me an email, rob at voxnest.com. That's V-O-X-N-E-S-T.com. Um, I have a, my own personal website at uh, robgreenlee.com. And like those two shows that I do, the Spreaker Live Show uh, at spreakerliveshow.com and then New Media Show at newmediashow.com. And those are shows that are live, and I'm sure that will probably be in the the the, the, um, the show notes. Of yeah, definitely. Program. I'll link to all that in the show notes so everyone can, uh, okay. can have that. Awesome. awesome. Awesome, Rob. Well, yeah, it was great chatting with you, and I think this will uh, help a lot of folks. So thank you. Well, thank you for for having me on, and good luck to your show, too. Awesome. Appreciate (laughs) it. All right. Until next time, talk to everyone soon. Thanks. Have a good one. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye.